You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, there it is. What is up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome in to the DNBR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. America's <laughs> <Pop-up>. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, Brandon, dude, I, I hate, when I have to do this, I want to kill myself. I, really? No. Really? Yeah. Eric, you don't like the air horns? It's our thing, man. I'm, in, I'm well into my 40s, dude. Like, uh, like <laughs> not, not, not everything's for everybody. You're just a little bit into the 40s. You're just uh, you're ankle deep in your 40s. Dude, I, my 44th birthday is this month. You're not supposed to say that out loud, man. That's I don't for the fuck. private show. Hey, hey, guys, I'm super old. I don't care. When are you pulling a vote and uh, announcing your birthday ahead of schedule? Like, wow. Like, just, wow. I was announcing my age. I was announcing my age. Yeah. Uh, my birthday's coming up in nine months. This is like my daughter. She's always like, my Dude, birthday. Dude, what, what, yeah, what if we start away. every show with a, a birthday update? Birthday <laughs> update. How many days away are we from your next birthday, Harrison? Uh, we are 355. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> Quite a ways away. Quite a ways away. Uh, enough of that. Uh, today's show, I'm actually extremely excited for this one, guys. I put together a couple Thanks, of what Jeff. are the odds, a couple what are the odds, and like they're the types of questions that not all of them, but many of them are at first, you just miss it. Like, for example, what are the odds Michael Porter Jr. is better than Jamal Murray next season? What am I supposed to be looking at? Your dog? Yes, he's very adorable. That's not for oh. you. It's for the people watching us. You know what I, I forget is that these cameras flip everything. And so that in real life, if I were to, you know, to see your actual studio, everything's on the other side. It would really turn right. me on. Right. That's right. Um... There, there's nothing. There's no follow-up there. Uh, so the topics today include questions like, what are the odds that Michael Porter Jr. is as good as Jamal Murray next season. I think at first you want to dismiss it, but we'll get into it. You don't have to throw that up just yet, Kel. We'll get to that in a little bit. But first, by order of decree from one D-Line Co., a.k.a. Eric Weedham, we have to go around the association. Oh, let's to, go. To begin this day. Uh, I Now, Eric swears it's just earnest. He just thinks that we should always – there it is. There's that beautiful grab, not even centered. Uh, that maybe we should just be talking about this because everybody wants to know about the league. I suspect – D-Line is a little more nefarious in his motivations. If I just said, Eric, what stood out to you about uh, Tuesday's games, playoff games in the NBA? What's what's the top storyline to you? Oh, so many to choose from. The NBA is a rich bouquet of storylines and narratives, uh, what you can pull from. Uh, a variety of things uh, left out at me last night. Luka Doncic, he's, or Doncic, he's great. Is he good enough to 
grab the mantle of the new uh, leader of the young NBA. Uh, the Suns came together uh, when they were all odds against them, and they responded. Oh, also, Joel Embiid came out with his revenge game, scored like 15 points, uh, was absolutely disappointing in every single facet. And also, Chris Paul. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I Actually, I don't remember anything else after that. So here's the thing that's funny is Eric, you know, <laughs> he isn't just a troll. <laughs> Eric is just a troll at times. Like, there's no way. Here's the thing about Joe Embiid. He had a bad game. He was yeah. really bad. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, there are circumstances that I think sure. provide him uh, uh, an excuse. His like, face and, is and broken. I, yeah, his yeah. face is broken. Like, come so on. So is guys. his wrist or his, uh, his thumb. Finger, his thumb gotcha. or whatever. So yeah. <clears throat> there's like real reasons. Like these are legitimate excuses. Absolutely. Me. Um, but Eric doesn't care. He's still alive. No. no. Nope. Um, There's I no room for, for facts in this discussion at all. I yeah. happen to know for a fact that Nikola Jokic was playing with an uh, injured wrist uh, in the playoffs, and he still led every person in the playoffs in the first round. I don't know what that means. I don't know what kind of narrative that fits. Um, he just did, he did quite well. Uh, Joel Embiid, the problem, see, my issue is that I'm, I'm a, a, a noble troll. I am a troll who right? has answered the call and feels compelled by my honor to fight for my king in the midst of an unjust, unclean, and really dirty league that comes at him with in ways that are unwarranted and look past the greatness that is Nikola Jokic. So I, his squire, his charge, will go into the muck and mire and fight for him because he won't. He won't do it on his own behalf. So Joel Embiid can come out with all of these sound bites explaining why he wasn't able to be chosen for the MVP because it was reasons beyond what he was able to do on the court. When in actuality, Nikola Jokic just did more things on the court, which is why he was awarded the award. So we just can't get away from this narrative. As we found out yesterday, it is just the NBA's replacement for LeBron talk. And somehow we are now no, they're, square they're in the middle of They're still doing that, actually. They, they still have found time to try to fix the Lakers. Jeez. Like that, that's still, <laughs> still in the A block on most ESPN shows. Yeah, but I, I will say, Eric, generally speaking, in history, uh, we would call these crusades. This is what you yes. are on a crusade. You are yes. It's a very evangelical sort of yes. forced um, yes. war upon people to, to convert. Yes. The um, only difference is that I'm doing it for the right reasons this time around. Yes. <laughs> a noble troll, Eric Weedham. I uh, am a noble troll. <laughs> all right. In all seriousness, though, just circle back here. You know, Joel Embiid was really bad last night. I mean, he shot 7 of 12. He had five rebounds, two assists in 33 minutes. 17 points, five rebounds, two assists. He was a, t- a game worst minus 29. And by all accounts, you know, he just was not into the game. And now, you know, you could speculate on all these reasons, but Harrison, kind of what did you make when you're watching this game? Like, what do you make of the performance and also just the series now? I think it was a pretty typical game uh, five performance from Philly where, you know, you tie the series up, you're going back on the road. You lay an egg knowing you're coming back home for game six, and that's the more important game here. Um, I thought it was pretty predictable. I I think Philly will win game six, and it will go to a game seven. But I got to circle back to to D-Line's point on on the MVP real quick because I could not believe 
the narrative that was pushed by TNT last yeah. night. It was almost like Eric Weedham hijacked the producer's room and was telling Chris Haynes and whoever was on the broadcast last night what stance to take that Joel Embiid was so pissed about not winning the MVP. It actually carried over to his performance. No, I, I, can't, I can't get there. I can't get there. I mean, I'm all for conspiracy theories, but I, I can't get there on that one. Can I, can I tell you real quick, Harrison? I'm with you on this one thing. That is a wild thing to say. That it a player is. played bad because they were pouty about not winning the MVP. If it were true, if this is true, and I'm, look, it is possible it was true. Like, Durant, we know he cares deeply about the MVP award. We know that this actually was a thing he desperately, desperately wanted. So maybe it is, there is some truth to this. But what I would say is, if it were true... That's the weakest thing I've ever heard to play bad in a playoffs because you're sad about an individual award. That is almost – and like Charles Barkley said it in the post game, he made that point, and he made it sympathetically. And I'm sitting here thinking, one, I agree with you. I don't think it's why he played bad. I think it's his broken face. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go that far as a troll. But I would say that Charles Barkley said it with empathy and like almost with an understanding. I'm like, Charles – how would you excuse somebody for having a bad game because they were sad about an award? That would be the lamest thing you could do. Yeah, and the fact that Chris Haynes is the one who originally brought it up on the broadcast when he did like a little sideline hit, and he said something like, yeah, Joel Embiid, he's just kind of been low energy all day at shoot-around and in, in, into the game. And I, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I, I, I just I can't believe he would say that without being tipped off by somebody oh, like, there's Chris no Haynes, way there, that is what his job is in the secret there's no way He's chris haynes comes up boat. with yeah there's no way he comes up with that 100 on his own somebody definitely went to him and was like well joel Embiid, no he's maybe not feeling it today maybe it's the mvp and he ran with that so that was definitely planted by somebody to chris haynes because haynes doesn't come up with that 100 by himself dude it, I- <laughs> The worst, the sympathetic part, Adam, that just is Charles Barkley imagining himself having to again play in Philadelphia. Everything that is up against you with the fan base, the city, the culture, the, all of the things that are piled on on top of you. He understands that every man has a limit and can be broken. And this may have broken Joel Embiid, which is another reason why he cannot be our king. He cannot be the top player in the league. If you are able to be broken emotionally by not getting an award, then you are not the top player. I don't care. I just can't do it, though, man. Like, look, there is an interesting amount of evidence. And as J27 brings up in the chat, he had a broken face for game three and four, played great. So it's a weird excuse to then think that all of a sudden it popped up again. I just got to say, man, that's the weirdest thing to me. This league does suck. Like, I got to be honest, man. The NBA has really fostered the dumbest things. Like, the the dumbest things that people care about that. And it's only getting worse. But it's like, oh, it's getting so much worse. There is, um, I mean, it sucks because it's impossible to stay clean and cover the NBA. Like, you can't rise above it. Oh, you're filthy. Oh, I'm well. I've been listen. I've been dragged into the mud again. Like you're what you're comfortable watching the filthy hordes come at your king, and you can sit back and you'll be like, I don't know, maybe Giannis is the MVP. I'm not like that, Adam. I look at I look at uh, my Lord and Savior Nikola Jokic as a man who 
cannot be slandered in my presence. There's no way I'll allow. What it would to we happen. say if, if this was roles were reversed? Yoke didn't win it, but we're in the playoffs, and he just comes out with a real bummer game, and he looks sad the whole time. And reports are like, you know, uh, Dempsey's on the sideline, being like, you know, he was real sad as soon as he learned he didn't win MVP. Just emotionally didn't have it tonight because of how sad he was. We'd be like. God damn it, yo, you can act like a man. Like, yes. Here? There's no way we'd be like, guys, uh, come on, man. I mean, think about it. He really wanted to win that award. Yeah, like when, when, <laughs> when, you know, doesn't even want it. He doesn't when, even when Rudy Gobert was crying that he wasn't an all-star. I mean, these are not moments that you should look <sighs> fondly right. on with the NBA. Like people should be punished for acting this way. I, and big the, guys the quotes that came out. Big guys in particular are often childish. Yeah. I, I don't mean this like uh, as, a, as a fellow big guy. I get to say this. Like a lot of NBA players, they were seven feet tall at 16 years old. Like they they had these weird – it's difficult to grow up regular when you're that kind of person. And I do wonder <laughs> sometimes with the like, yeah, some of this petulance or whatever, you Rudy Gobert and you're now in beat. Maybe there is just a little bit of their giant – you know, they have a, they're a little bit younger emotionally maybe. Than us. I don't know. Like the thing is – I, I don't know what happened to Philadelphia who looked like they had taken control of the series and then came out and just got absolutely outworked, out-toughed, outplayed in this game. And you watch it and you're like, what the hell is wrong with you, Philly? This is this is an embarrassment. But um, that series, you still think it goes seven, Harrison? I, I mean, this is – the one thing I'll say is James Harden had a great fourth quarter of game four. It's why they won. Like, there were good performances from a lot of guys, but James Harden won them the game in game four. And now you look at uh, going into an elimination game. Elimination game, James, not a great player. So Yeah, not exactly the type of guy you want to hit your wagon to in an elimination <laughs> game. But I I still think this goes seven. I think it goes seven. Oh, my God. Jeff Morton with a goat comment here. He says, the league players kind of hate that Jokic doesn't play the campaign game. I think this is true. Like I do, too. It makes them look, look bad. First of all, are the, are the NBA even going to, like – Announced this was the Woj tweet, the announcement, and it just moves on. With it, and watch them like change it somehow. Like <laughs> they're just like they never award it until next year or something. I don't know. What but is then wrong he says with these people. It's just what you do in this league. And beat campaign his ass off and lost. So true. Now he's now listening to my chemical romance. <laughs> uh, I, I there's nothing, there's nothing better than mixing a understanding of the current nba landscape with horribly outdated music and that is what yeah. that is what jeff morton is here for hey, hey that was actually a very recent musical uh my chemical romance jeff. yeah that's like yeah he's he's going new school here that's us. new wow All right. <laughs> the the problem the problem with the rollout of, the, of, of this award with Nikola Jokic is he is totally off the grid right now so you can't have one of those like wholesome little videos that the team account tweets out of like a teammate giving him the award or <laughs> Michael Malone presenting it to him. Um, I, I bet the NBA to Jeff's point is secretly fuming oh, at so Nikola mad. Jokic for just how little he cares about this. award. So I, I guarantee you they're pissed off. At him. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. There's nothing more pure than somebody getting something they don't even want because it is can it just can't be denied that they have earned it, you know. Like it's it, 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 speaking and, of the cure. Did you see that clip of I can't remember what it was, what award show it was, or someone's like, look, they like, oh, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's what it was. They're getting inducted, and the 
lady walks over and is like, you could cure. Oh, you just got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Are you as excited as I am? And he goes, by the looks of it, no. <laughs> and this is totally the NBA with Jokic. Like, are you as excited to be a two-time? Like, no. You are, I could tell, but I don't, I don't care. Imagine, imagine yeah. Nikola Jokic going to the ESPYs. <laughs> I could see it, maybe. I could you think so? See it. Pulling up in a horse-drawn carriage? You know what? Maybe Yoke starts to come out of his shell. Hey, different man. Different man. Like, we'll see this. Also, you know, he's going to get – I mean, this is one – we can go quickly over this question, but look, man, he is going to double his net worth this offseason. Maybe more so, actually. Almost triple his net worth. Um, I don't think – if you think about how has money changed Yoke, we don't know him well enough to really answer this. But I will say that – Four, four years ago, he wasn't wearing nice designer suits to walk in, like different ones. He wasn't yeah. wearing $100,000 watches. He wasn't driving Rolls Royces. I don't think those have changed him at his core. Like, he seems to me very much like the exact same Nicola. But there is something to say going from one of the richest people, you know, having $200 million basically in your, you know, your net worth to adding another $200 million. I don't know. Do you think, Harrison, is there any way you think this might sort of like impact Jokic? I don't think it's going to impact him at his core. Uh, I don't think it ever will because he's just one of those rare people. And I think it's like 1% of people where no matter how much money you give them, it's never going to change them. Like, I know if you gave me that amount oh. of money, I'm sorry, but it would absolutely change. Dude, me. If, if we, if I'd we become, a... I'd become a total asshole if I had that much money, like hundred percent. Dude, if, if we put a, uh, like a, uh, GoFundMe account and got like 200 extra dollars for you, it would change you. I know that. I don't know about <laughs> two hundred thousand, maybe like two hundred million. Absolutely, like I wouldn't talk to any of you guys. I'm trying to think of what the next step in Jokic's kind of um, evolution as a different man could be. Because yes, we saw the, suit, I'll give you the answer, the watches, no, the cars. What do you think it is? Well, I'm telling you, this is the thing: is I don't think Jokic's gonna buy on things like. First of all, you can buy things with that kind of money. Like maybe he gets into, I don't know, shoes or something like that. Like you get into those things, but that doesn't matter. When you end up having $400 million as net worth, it's just investments. Like does Yo and I don't know if Jokic wants this, but that's the one thing I wonder is if now he has the, this contract will signify the amount of money where he can both be generationally comfortable, but also you could put 200 million aside for your generational comfort and then another two hundred million aside for like, hey, I don't know, I kind of want to own a piece of uh, Manchester United or something, you know, something of that nature. Dude. Maybe it's not a sports team. Maybe it's oh, or a, a racing team. You of know, course, if, he will. Nikola Jokic will have sprawling stables. He will have championship thoroughbred horses that are unbelievably expensive. Each one, uh, he will. Spawn, who's who's our our uh, racing team? Oh, uh, Tim Tetrick. Tim Tetrick. He Tim will Tetrick. own the Tim Tetrick uh, racing Tim squad. Tim Tetrick racing. Yes, no. this is what will happen. I'm just so that's the difference. Is the, yeah, this next paycheck basically means you can start to do business things if you want. Maybe not. I wonder what the like highest paid athlete that just never invested his money. I wonder who it is. 
because usually when you get that kind of money, that's what it is. It's like, all right, I don't know what to do with it, so I'm going to buy a freaking. You resort. just stick it in a checking account, or something. yeah, that's just like I got all that money in my bank account. I, there's a action. chance I would do that, by the way. There's a chance I, I would chance I would put it in a check account with no, like, <laughs> no nothing going on there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, could be. All right, we're going to take a break here, but first I want to tell everybody uh, where did he go? He was just in the chat here. One of our 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 homies, a first teamer, Patrick Rasmussen, hit me up the other day. His we all know this. We all have had some pets um, that it, that mean something to us and last a really, really long time, maybe some decade, decade and a half. Patrick recently just lost his his dog and is going to be replacing it very soon. You know, we, there's been some time, but now he's looking for another one. And to fund it, he's looking to sell off some of his sports memorabilia. So he hit me up saying, hey, man, would you mind signal boosting this? I've got a bunch of autographed jerseys, nuggets, jerseys. He's even got photos with when he got them autographed, so you know they're authentic. Um, so if you're interested in that, if you're a memorabilia collector or if you're just looking for some cool things, I told Patrick I'd give him a shout out on today's show uh, because he has been riding with us now since really since the onset. So if you're interested in that, Patrick, uh, he's in the chat. He's also on Twitter. Let me pull up his handle here so you can always get him. His handle is at PR Morphine, PR Morphine. Um, so if, if you guys are interested in any of those things, I know he's got football jerseys, basketball jerseys. Most of it is Denver, but he did have some other stuff as well. Hit up our guy, Patrick Rasmussen, to help him fund this next pop. All right, Harrison, take us away. Let's go. All right. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers, you guys can bet $5 on any team to win, get $150 in free bets if they do. If you're looking to make even more money, if you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs, use the DraftKings same game parlay feature. You can do same game parlays with player props, points, rebounds, assists, three pointers. You guys know the deal by now. Uh, you can also do you know parlays with different games. So check all that out at DraftKings Sportsbook. All customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs. You're going to get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Uh, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling prom call 1-800-522-4700. Um, also, at Lightshade Dispensary right now, you guys can pick up some Escape Artists. It's the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado. Escape Artists prioritizes quality and consistency. Uh, their 800 by 800 creams are Escape Artists' highest potency creams available. They penetrate for deep muscle tissue discomfort. They're non-greasy, non-staining. They take effect in 10 minutes or less and last up to two to three hours. Uh, so check out Escape Artists. You can find them at Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade. They've got 11 locations in Denver and Aurora. The Barnum location off 6th and Federal, now open as well. You guys can get 25% off non-sale items with the code DNVR. Uh, simple, DNVR, shout it, scream it, write it down, whatever, when you get into Lightshade. Get 25% off non-sale items. You can shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Um, I love this one about Yoke launching an NFT. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Guaranteed to just be a complete racket. Like, but remember De'Aaron Fox did this where he like all these people, he started an NFT, all these people launched it, but he just closed it. He's like, yeah, that didn't work. Sorry guys. Sorry for your loss. I saw a conspiracy that, um, 
Remember how Spencer Dinwiddie, like a portion of his contract was paid out in Bitcoin? Yeah, I remember and he how Bitcoin's that. tanking. I saw a conspiracy that Spencer Dinwiddie's playoff performance is, is uh, on the downward turn ever since Bitcoin started trending downward. <laughs> was he depressed about Bitcoin? So he, oh, he's like, he was I'm losing money to... here by the day. <laughs> that would be a that would be a, a rough loss. It's also funny because like you can just convert your money to Bitcoin if you wanted. Yeah, and you could right. convert it out of Bitcoin also. Yeah, you can really, it's your money. You get to do what you want. All right, we got to keep it moving, though, because I love this next couple topics. Our next couple segments we're going to do. I'm very excited for them. I want to give special thought. This is the biggest one. What are the odds? And by odds, I do mean percentages. What are the odds that next season, this upcoming season, Michael Porter Jr. is at least as good as Jamal Murray? We almost never give this any thought. We just assume Jamal Murray, number two, Michael Porter, number three. But... Let's go to their last full healthy seasons. This was last season, both of them. Jamal Murray averaged 21 points per game. Michael Porter Jr. averaged 19 points per game, just two behind. And oh, by the way, he was younger. Um, and then he did that on significantly better shooting, both from two and from three. So maybe in an alternate universe where Michael Porter doesn't get hurt, if you just did the growth chart of both players, Michael Porter's was significantly steeper than Jamal's. And the two points were almost even almost at the same point per game output. So let's give this some real credence. Um, D-line, what are the odds? Michael Porter's as good as Jamal next year. I think it is less likely than likely. I think that the tough thing is the last the last image we have of Michael Porter Jr. was very unimpressive this season. doesn't matter. That doesn't count. No, I know, but I think that that is like clouding people's minds a little bit about who he is and, and what his potential was because we we suspect he was injured all year long. Like, um, can, can I go even further, though? Because please. forget that part of it. I actually think the playoffs the year before, and he had some good games in there, yeah. but it wasn't like Jamal's last time seeing him in the yeah. playoffs. That's where they were really different. Yeah, yeah. So I, to, to that end, I'm going to say like 25%. I just don't see it happening. 25% is pretty high, man. You think, oh, you think that's high? I'm just saying like Murray is the established running mate of Nikola Jokic. Well, so yeah, but I mean like given the stats that you rattle off, like the raw ability, you know, you have to at least give it some chance of happening. Like if he is like really genuinely healthy, he is able to run and move unencumbered and is able to rebound at a high level, shoot at the level we saw. And have, um, you know, the ability to have other defenders on the court so he won't get targeted as badly. You know, there's a good chance. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening, but, you know, 25%. Come on. I mean, that's not high. Come on. Man, I think it's higher than people think. I, I think it's a little higher than Eric. I'm going to go like 35%. Okay. Right. Wow. Um, One in three chance. Yeah, man, look, when Jamal Murray debuts next season, he will have gone 18 months yeah. without playing in an NBA game. 18 months, man. That's a long-ass time. It's a long-ass time. And we forget now, but Michael Porter Jr. was very close to coming back this season in March. Yeah. He was on the cusp of a return. He was set to come back. He was pretty much ready to go i think before he had that setback so like when you compare the two injuries these guys are coming back from it's pretty uncomparable even though mpj had a surgery as well like michael porter jr he is you know he, he is much closer 
even now uh, than than Jamal is. And I don't know, man. I, I'm a little just just worried about how Jamal Murray will look, especially early in the season, coming off an ACL. What what his explosion and, and comfort will look like. And I just think MPJ's game, I mean, we know what it is. And he's going to make shots probably. He's going to get rebounds. Like, I don't think either one is going to be the best version of themselves. But I don't think it's out of the question. I don't think it's out of the question. 33% or 35% seems a little high. I would probably go more like 15%. Um, and for a couple of reasons, your argument was more that Jamal Murray might be worse than we expect than, than that Michael Porter will be better than we expect. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case. 18 months is a long time. Murray gets a whole, a whole off season to kind of work. And but get it's Clay Thompson. It. Clay Thompson is not Clay Thompson yet. You know, like he is sometimes. Yeah, but his injuries were way <laughs> He was against he's the also, Nuggets. He's also he was Will Barton's age. Like Will Barton, Will Barton's also I'm just not saying as good as he was it's two not, years ago. I just mean it's not a foregone conclusion that Jamal Murray is going to come back as Jamal Murray right away. You know, I think that. Oh, he's not. Yeah. Like, he, no but way. like, for sure. Like, I, I don't know to what level he will be diminished from last time we saw him. But I mean, like, when, you know, in the playoffs, when he went when he was better than uh, Michael Jordan, like, like, I don't know if he's going to be that good again. <laughs> I, 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 I could be wrong on this. I think the injury will be a little bit less. I think October, November, we're going to see a rusty ish Jamal. I think December, we're going to see an up and down Jamal. And I think by January, February, I think we see the old Jamal back and, and that's who we kind of get. So in that way, when you combine all of that, yes, that probably is a slightly lesser, you know, lesser Jamal. But the reason, if if Michael Porter surpasses, because he's also coming off an injury, he also has all these question marks. He also, I would say, has the bigger question mark in terms of who is more likely to play more games next year. I just, I just, my biggest thing with Michael Porter right now is I just have such a hard time picturing him playing seventy games, let alone sixty, let alone, you know, whatever. So that part to me is where where the odds get significantly lowered. But I have to say, shot making is the most. It's weird to say because guys like us. For guys like us, I think shot making is the most underrated or no, yeah, underrated part of basketball. What what I mean by that is it can easily get overrated, but making shots is huge, even when they're bad shots. Dude. And Michael Porter is such a ridiculous shot maker. Ridiculous that the fact that we always talk about he doesn't always know where to go or he doesn't contain on the yeah. perimeter or this that he still shoots 44.5% from three last year on uh 6.3 attempts per game. Um, he still scored 19 points despite only taking 13 and a half shots. Like the, the production was just so silly and so through the roof that I think he's going to have a similar, like I think that Michael Porter almost will pick up where he left off that season, meaning he still has an enormous amount to learn. But I just think the shot making is going to be as good or better. And in that way, he does fewer things, but he does the one thing that is the single most valuable thing in basketball, which is put the ball through the hoop. So to me, there's a real chance. I just don't, the reason it gets diminished so much for me is I just don't think he's going to be healthy enough to get there. Yeah. I mean, the health part is, is tough to talk about because yeah, you don't think he's going to be healthy, but I mean, then again, not this season, but last year he played in, 61 of what was it 72 games yeah the one season he's done that one season right right so that's the the hard part harrison is he's done it you're right that he did do it one season but he didn't do it three seasons 
Well, and then 2019-2020 played in 55 games. So, I mean, that well, he was stayed pretty healthy through that season as well. Look, I, I'm with you. And the argument for Porter is that, yeah, sometimes it looks like he has no idea what he's doing out there. He's, he's just right. kind of running around and um, just kind of finding his way. And all of a sudden you look up and he's got 20 points on 8 of 10 shooting. Like Those are the types of games he puts together. And, yeah, his ability to just manufacture points out of nothing by himself that gives you a pretty ridiculous starting point in terms of just production. I think there's also a chance that he just has made a leap. I mean, I don't know. I, I would again, I wouldn't be betting on it, but he is such a talented player, and I do think he's in the gym a lot. That we we might just get a stronger, more confident, and a little bit better one-on-one player that that opens it up. I think the other thing that makes me a little bearish on this is just Murray and Jokic play together. Like that part is just okay. It's like riding a bike. You got to get that chemistry back, but they'll yep. get it right away. Porter and Jokic haven't really ever developed that level of chemistry. So I just think there might be a limited, more limited opportunity for Michael Porter. But hey, it's a storyline that if it were to happen, I think it's more likely that it's a great thing. That it's like, holy shit, Michael Porter made this huge leap. And all of a sudden, is he the second best nugget? That's that's pretty exciting, Mm -hmm. Um, which would be awesome. All right, let's keep it moving. What are the odds the Nuggets have the best home record next season? I love this one. The best home record. They famously had a terrible home record this year, but it's a place where they have been traditionally have been really good. I'm trying to look at who had the best home record this year. 29 wins. Oh, the Suns, 30. right? The Suns had 32 wins. Three teams had 30 wins. Um, Golden State had 31. Memphis had 30. Phoenix had 32. So you need about 32 wins. 32 and, and 9. That's a pretty good record. Yeah, they could do it. I mean, if I was going to put uh... – a percentage on it i don't know 30 like i still don't know why and nobody seems to know why they were so mediocre at home this season my theory is just that they played at a very slow pace and they always do and a reason the nuggets have historically been incredible at home um under george carl was like they played so freaking fast but no, the Nuggets have been very good at home under Mike Malone and, and playing a slower pace. Like they went twenty-five and eleven uh, last season. They went twenty-six and eleven the year before that. Um, they went thirty-four and seven, which I think was the best home record in 2018-2019. So they can get there without paying playing at a super high pace. Um, but I think that would help for sure. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I would put it at, I mean, it seems less likely than likely again. So maybe in the 30s, 20s, I mean, it, it they have to change a lot. Like, And a lot is going to change. It really just comes down to how these two players are able to integrate back into the Nuggets offense. Does it flow? Is it fast? Um, and also, is it uh, unaffected? Right. Like, can they, it doesn't matter really what. And that's kind of the nice thing about them playing slow is that they're not just like tailoring their game to their home court, which has been the thing that has propelled the Nuggets and also helped them back over their history. Just like being that running team that all of a sudden when the playoff starts and you like no one allows you to run in the same way, like they were suddenly like really impaired because their half court presence was like 
not nearly as developed as it needed to be. So, I mean, I, man, I don't know. I, I, I absolutely am a believer in the, the fact that the Nuggets are just going to pick up where they left off last time we saw Jamal and, and MPJ playing together. Um, so if, if they do, I mean, it's, it's high, but I just, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> there's so much unknown. I, I would just, if I was a betting man and I am a betting man, I would say you are. it's like 30% or so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, here's the two reasons I think that there's a decent chance for this. And I agree it's less likely than likely, but I'm going to put it at 45%. I think it's more likely than Eric thinks. Number one, they're going to be good. I just think they're going to be a good team next year. So that's part of it. Number two, they were so bad this year at home. They were so bad that I just wonder if it becomes a point of emphasis of, Hey, remember last year we weren't this year, we're protecting our home court. This is what we do this year. And I just think it might be a little bit more of an emphasis, um, so I think a lot of this stuff is extremely possible. The, the pace thing's interesting. Somebody says I'm loud. I don't know how to be less loud. Um, the pace thing is interesting. It was Harrison that said that. Oh, yeah, that was Harrison. Uh, the, the <laughs> it came loud after you came off mute there. I don't know. No, sorry. <laughs> I think that Bones could help this. I just don't know how much he's going to impact. Like, it, it, it's almost like Bones versus Jamal. Jamal is the one that plays the slowest of all the Nuggets. Bones plays the fastest. Is there a balance to be had there? I don't know. Um, but but nonetheless, I still think they're going to win at home because they're a good team. Yeah, look, it's not like the Nuggets are totally revamping how they play offense this coming season. There could be little tweaks here and there, and I expect there to be, but they're not going to all of a sudden become this running team, nor do I think should they. Like, I don't think they should dramatically change up what they do on the offensive end. Do I have to like edit my mic settings or something now? Is it back to normal? Yeah, I guess going to audio. It, it sounds fine to me. I don't know. Yeah, well, it sounds fine. Who knows, who knows what happened? Um, let's get one more in before our final uh, final break here. What are the odds that the Nuggets get the one seed next year? That they're the best Ooh. regular season team. Yo, I think it's pretty high. I, I I do, man. I I think it's like. I mean, it's not like high high. I'm not going like seventy five percent, but I think like it. I think it's like not that far off from being like a little bit less than a coin flip. Like I think that they were on that trajectory and it was taken from them. So the coin flip is either MPJ and um, Jamal come back and as are as good as they were when they left or they aren't. And if they are, they will, if they aren't, they won't simple. Yeah. Um, I'd say 30%. I think that's been my answer to all three of these, actually. 30%. <laughs> Look, I, you can always, like, come back to this tape later and be like, I told you it wasn't likely. Yeah. Or if it happens, you can be like, I told you there was a chance. Look, I've I've been on record, and I, I think it's a real possibility Nikola Jokic wins three straight MVPs, and I think he gets there by the Nuggets getting the one seed, first and foremost. Um, I just think Denver's going to be stacked next season. This is going to be an absolutely loaded team yeah. with Jokic, Murray, Porter, Bones. This is going to be a Aaron really yep. ridiculous team top to bottom. There's so much margin for error with them against like 50% of the league. They, they can pretty much just walk out onto the floor and beat, you know, like I said, 50% of the league. Um, I just think they're going to be really, really good. I, it's on the table for sure. Man. 
What do you think Yoke does? Say it's January and Porter and Murray are both out, mild injuries. They're out for two weeks. You 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 basically know you got to play like four or five games without them. Are we getting the typical Jokic January? All right, here's where I step up and take over. Or is it next year? The year he's like, hey, I've done this before. Like we're just I'm I'm playing normal. I'm not I'm not going into hero mode for two weeks. No, of course he's going into hero mode. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm just like the MVP. Every time we're going to bring up like, oh, what kind of mindset is Yoke going to come into next season with? Like, is he going to have his foot on the gas from day one? Yeah. My my take is now and forever. Of course he is. Like, uh, of course he is. I'm, I, I've seen enough. We, we've done this enough times as to where he's going to be the best version of himself when it's time to go. So that's that's my take. I love it. All right. Um why don't we take our final break here? And then on the other side, we will, um, I got a couple more. We'll have to rapid fire them, but they're all pretty fun. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. If you're in the area, make sure to stop into the DNVR bar, corner at Colfax in York. Get some Breck Brew, get some Breck Brew seltzers. We've got those in the fridge. If you're not in the area, check out the Breck Brew beer locator on their website. It will tell you where to get Breckenridge Brewery closest to you. Breck Brew, they're doing a really cool promotion for these Avalanche playoff games. If the Avs score two goals in the first period, you get a free beer. That's right. So when Avalanche games are starting, order an Avalanche Amber at any bar or restaurant. Save your receipt. If the Avs score two or more goals in the first period, Breck Brew will pay for that beer. All you have to do is upload your receipt onto breckbrew.com. They'll Harrison, send you what are the a odds rebate. The Avs score two goals in the first period in game one of round two. 100%. I mean, 100%. Wow, he broke his streak of 30%. <laughs> I mean, have you watched the Avs? Like, <laughs> I'm actually worried if, if they're like, um, if they're just bad for the league because they're so good. <laughs> they ruined hockey. I love like, it. are they ruining the NHL? It's a, it's a question people are asking. <laughs> um, also, make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager for Breck Brew. The NBA playoffs are still going on. So make sure you got some Mile High City Copper Lager. Chilling in the fridge. It's that blue can with the Nuggets logo on it. Can't miss it. Pick it up at your local liquor store. The Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew. And we're back. Oh, we're back. Final segment here. I want to remind everybody real quick, Kale, maybe you can pull this off. Our golf tournament is next Friday. If you don't know, it's our first golf tournament. I think we're going to have three this summer, but it's fun. What is our golf tournament? It's basically just hanging out with us and playing golf. Uh, it's down at Spring Valley, which is an absolutely gorgeous course. Lots of hummingbirds around. You're going to see the Rufus and the ruby-throated hummingbirds. Oh, you see them everywhere. Um, but it's gorgeous. It's on Friday. It's a lot of fun, and it's like a great deal. I mean, look at that price. $90 for a golf tournament, $350 for a foursome. Um, yeah. It's a lot of get... fun. I'm going to be out there. I haven't played golf since last year's tournament. I expect that I'm much improved, and I can't wait to be there. Yeah, you're never going to beat me. <laughs> I'm thinking this might be true. Golf just takes so much time. It's a lot of fun. I get into it. Like This tournament's going to be awesome. Um, and it's probably, it's going to be sunny. It's going to be great. Um, so I, we'd love to see you guys out there. You want to hang with us. You want to play a little golf with us. You want to put a little friendly action. We may or may not have a Nick Wright, um, head for um, one of the holes where if like you hit him, you get an extra prize. So that may or may not be happening. Um, but it's just a lot of fun. So come out and join us, uh, the spring shootout. All right. What are the odds? What are the odds? The Nuggets set a franchise wins record next year. So we already talked about the number one seed. 
maybe this is a little bit less. Like usually the one seed's like 60 wins, but the Nuggets' best season ever was 57. What are the odds? And by the way, that was 10 years ago, so it would kind of be fitting. What are the odds that they set a franchise record and get 58 or more, Harrison? Oh, man. Man, I'm going to say about 30%. <laughs> you son of a... <laughs> I think they're higher than the odds that they're the one seed, personally. Look, they got 48 wins this season, and... I don't. I still don't know how they got 48 wins this season. Well, I do because they have the best player in the league. But like I was just saying, they're going to be so loaded top to bottom next year. They're going to be better at home for sure. They only have to get 10 more wins. I think you could go through the schedule and be like, okay, here's one, here's two, here's three. It, I, they can definitely do it. Winning more games at home could be the deciding factor. Though. Like if they can lose less than... 10 games at home next season, if they could go whatever in nine, that could be it. That, that, that could get them to 58. Okay. <sighs> Eric, you came a, you became a Nuggets fan, didn't you, in the 53-7 win season? I rekindled my love of the Nuggets, or my, my connection with the Nuggets that season. That's when I the, – the, actually, that's not true. I, like, rekindled my connection with them the season before when they went to – the Western Conference Finals and lost to the Lakers. And then I codified and forever became a Nuggets, a Nuggetsman that next uh, season, the 57-win season. Um, but, man, all these questions are the same question, which is like, are uh, Murray and Porter going to be good next year? <laughs> and are the Nuggets going to be who they were the last time we saw them? Um. I don't know, man. I don't know. If they are, then What yes. good podcasting, man. The takes. Like, what are we supposed to do? Like, listen, like, if they're good, the Nuggets are going to be fucking dope. They're going to, like, they're going to be that that eight beautiful days that we reference uh, so many times, oh, so often, we'll be back. Um, man, I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's likely. I think it's like, like, tw- like 30%. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I'm going to go 40%. I Let's think go. Part of this is 57 wins is such a sad franchise record. It really is, man. I would. I wonder where that ranks amongst all 30 NBA teams as their franchise record wins. I should look that up. But it's not that. It's not a lot. Um, so I'm. I'm curious. Just. I, I just think that they can. It's attainable. They're a good team. I think they're going to be focused. You have motivation. Um, I think it's going to be within reach. Again, less likely than likely. But I, I'll tell you this. You get off to like a 10 and 2 start next year, it's going to form the conversation all year. Like that's you get off to a good start, we're going to start being like are they on pace to break it? What are, where are we at at the uh, <laughs> Christmas? Where are we at? They're actually on pace uh, right now to get to nine wins. Like Dude, next season, the ascension, Wait, the reascension. Do the Nuggets get a Christmas Day game next yes, season? Yes, they better. I honestly, man, like I can't believe it. This was part of the Richard Jefferson thing that I love that Richard Jefferson like tried to call you out or something about. Well, I, I responded to him. I'm still waiting a response. I know, like he almost like was he was waiting for you to trip up and you didn't. So he's like, "Well, I don't want to have a conversation. Yeah, I just wanted to." R- Richard, up. the the onus is on you, man. Respond. Yeah, but his whole thing, Kel. Do you have a point here? Uh, just the Broncos already have a Christmas Day game, so it could be like the perfect oh. Christmas for Denver Nuggets sports fans. 
I just, you know what Adam Silver's gonna do? You know what Adam Silver's gonna do? That son of a bitch. He's gonna put the Bron- the Nuggets on at the same time as the Broncos. He's gonna wait for no. them to come out. He's gonna be like, oh, we'll do this so that nobody watches it. We'll never put the Nuggets on again. Like, nobody watched your guys' game. I don't know what it is. Well, the other thing is that since the NFL is now playing on Christmas, like the NBA is about to get crushed on Christmas. They're about to get absolutely crushed. Yeah. Do you think what is the end game there? Do they just stop doing Christmas? Do they move to like? christmas eve or something do they concede they just choose lesser holidays they're just like uh (laughs) happy black friday everybody it's black friday (laughs) (laughs) we're doing purim this year it's 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 boxing day in the nba (laughs) (laughs) um all right here's a fun one a really fun one what are the odds bones highland has a better sophomore season than Jamal Murray. Now let's take a look at Jamal Murray's sophomore season. Now this. This is when you can get into. He played roughly 32 minutes a game. Jamal Murray did his sophomore season. So already we're off to a very tough start for for Bones to match. But 32 minutes per game. He averaged 16.7 points. He shot 45% from the field and 38% from three. Uh, Pretty good. Basically 17, four, and three and a half. Or 17, three and a half, three and a half. That's where his sophomore years. What are the odds Harrison Bones surpasses him or matches him? Yeah, I got to go pretty low on this. I'm going to go 10%. Okay. Look, I mean, Murray played 32 minutes a game That's his second one. season. 32 minutes. I oh. mean, can Bones get to 25? That even seems like it could be a little bit of a stretch. He's going to be playing behind Jamal Murray unless – Unless he's somehow starting at shooting guard. That, that's the only way right. I think Jamal or I think Bones could could, could replicate or, or outplay what Murray did his second season. Let's zone in here on a per 36-minute basis, Eric. Let's take a look here. This is Bones' rookie season, Jamal's sophomore season. Almost identical points. Uh, rebounds, pretty comparable. Bones actually has him assist, you know, significantly – Steals, blocks, almost identical. So you're looking at rebounds, points, assists, steals, blocks, almost identical across the board here. You go over to the percentages. Obviously, Bones' rookie season is a little bit lower, but players make a leap, you know, in their second year. So while I agree that there is this, like, will he get enough minutes to do it? If you just look at raw production on a per-minute basis, he's kind of there. Dude, I'm saying Jamal Murray did not come out of the gate the same way that Bones Highland did. Like, Jamal Murray, I was with the entire – uh, his entire rookie year was just a lot of like, I know this guy's going to be good. I I can tell he's going to be good. He's like, but he's not like quite good. Like he's messing up. He's missing shots. He's playing inconsistently. He is making rookie mistakes. He, But I know that there's something there. So it's like, it didn't bother you. But like Bones Highland came in with no expectation. He was not the top draft pick of the Denver Nuggets. And he just exploded and caught fire and caught the, like, captured the imagination of every Nuggets fan. And I think that there is a very good chance he has a much better sophomore season than uh, Jamal Murray did. And it does, as Harrison points out, Harrison always with the reasonable, rational take, a great point. Minutes are the most important factor here because it is difficult to produce when you're not on the court. But um, I am so bullish on Bones Highland and what he's going to turn into. I I mean, you guys, you know, like my 
like foolish hyperbole is, you know, it's, it's a bit of a bit, but like, I really believe it with Bones Island. Like, I really truly think that he is, has talent that is in the universe that uh, Damian Lillard lives in, that is in the universe that some of these top scoring guards uh, live in. Like he, I just see it with him. Like it, his, his mechanics and his fluidity, his, playmaking his fearlessness and and probably above all else is the fearlessness honestly like um something that can propel like i can see him being like a tyrese maxi you know like he is he has like that kind of tyrese is he had a this is his third season like no i know but i'm just saying like that that sort of like unflappability actually this is his second season i'm wrong yeah i just i yeah i can see him like really ascending to that place and he has the disposition which is a huge part of the of the question so i think it's high man i think it's like 65 percent. like i really think it's got it's high the minute thing here is interesting because i think if you're really trying to and i'll share this again because just to kind of highlight this i think if you're really in on it you look at this and you go i don't know i just don't think he's going to get to 31 and a half minutes or whatever it it is 31 and a half that's just really tough on a team that already has so many good players and needs something different. Like they don't need bones to score 19 points per 36 minutes. That's just not what they're going to need. Most likely they do need other things. The numbers I look at this per 36 thing, maybe it gets up to 19, maybe it goes higher. Maybe it goes a little, I would project it goes maybe a little bit lower, more of like a 17 points per 36 minutes. But these are the numbers I'm most interested in. Can he get up to that 38% from three? He's already pretty close on higher volume. Can he get up to 45%? This is the big one, you know, is those two-pointers, like at the rim, in the mid-range. Can he kind of increase there? If you get that, to me, what happened? Just the comments. I just love – I like, we, we don't give enough uh, love – enough uh, attention to these comments. They're fantastic. Bones Highland translates to literally Damian Lillard in literally every language. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's so wild. <laughs> Um, I like this one. This was a fun one. What are the odds that a non-playoff team in 2022 is a top four seed out West in 2023? Ooh. Non-playoff team. This is, this so we're really talking, tough. we're talking Lakers, not a playoff team. The are Clippers? you talking, are play in teams, playoff teams? Yeah. For this exercise, I don't think we can do it. Yeah. Let's just stick to conference here. So the Lakers, I mean. I guess it's not going to be the, it's not going to be the to Kings. The Pel- well, well, let me, to the Pelicans are the, where are the Pelicans. Well, they were a play in. So they were already in. I mean, I will, we'll include it. Let's just do, okay. We'll do play in and below. What are the, what are the odds of play in team and below? But let me throw out some op- options to you. So yes, you have the Timberwolves, you have the Pelicans, you have the Clippers, you have the Lakers, but let me give you one more team that could make uh, so, some hay in here. Portland, not a good team. But they are a team that I suspect nope. is going to try to swing for the fence here. They would have traded Dame Lillard if they were blowing Let him it up. Swing, dude. Well, Let they might. Swing. All right, they get DeAndre Ayton. All of a sudden, are we? You know, team? you know, swings for the fences every year is the New York Knicks. Who can let them swing? <laughs> hey, it were, the Knicks top four seed last year when they swung for the fence. Yeah, so, yeah, wow, out. great, uh, wow, awesome times out there in New York. All right, Harrison, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Lakers. I'll say, I'll say this. There's a 0% Let's chance go. Portland is a top four Let's seed in the West go. next season. Oh, clip it. 0%. <laughs> um, please trade for DeAndre Ayton. Please, please. I'm He's good. He's good. You know what? DeAndre Ayton's good, man. What is this? I he actually is, really, I really good. like DeAndre Ayton. 
What would you? What I, would I you hope think? they trade for Aiton because that might mean the Suns get Yusef Nurkic. They would. Which, That's exactly what would happen. Um, I'm telling you, James Jones, Yusef Nurkic is the perfect piece for the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> Can you imagine how perfect. much we would hate the Suns with Nurk? Oh my oh. God. D line having to design a Nurk t shirt for PHNX. And like, it's, oh, and, and, and it's, it's Nurkic's face in a sun like the Teletubbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but I will say the Clippers getting a top four seed seems likely. I I, I would say like fifty five percent. The thing is, they have the Michael Porter thing going on, which is like, all right, back from injury. How many games are Paul George and Kawhi Leonard actually playing next year? Probably sixty a piece. Yeah, yeah. If they play sixty, I still think they can get that. Okay. Yeah. No, I think it's really high. For that reason, the Pelicans and the Clippers are the two that I'm looking at as like the most likely. If you look at the Pelicans, how tough they played Phoenix, how much uh, they started to be able to rely on some of their young pieces, and then you add Zion back in the mix. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I think that there's a really good chance that squad makes a leap. They could look a lot like the uh, Grizzlies did that 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 leap that they made this year. Mm-hmm. Could be. I can see. Yeah, the Grizzlies are the perfect example of exactly what we're talking about. Um. Let's see here. I'll do the last one here. I'll make it this one. What are the odds that Jokic averages a triple-double next season? This will be our last one before we get out of there. Somebody said that yesterday when we were doing the – or when we did the Jokic one, we were doing over-under. We didn't do assists. We can count this as the assists. Like, what are the chances his assists increase from 7.8? What are the chances they increase? But also, what are the chances it gets to triple-double range? This is really just asking where the odds he averages 10 assists because the other yep. part is a lot. Dude, this is very high. This is like <laughs> this is like seventy five percent. I'm serious, man. If you, if you, how many how many assists did Jokic lose by dudes missing wide open shots? Yeah, but that happens, man. Two hundred. But it does it, does it happen less with people who are better at shooting shots? <laughs> what are your odds? I want to hear the number. Seventy five percent. Wow, three out of four chance he does. He averages. Yes. A- Double next year, a triple double. He's yes. Shot is eight point three. Yes. Oh man, I I gotta go like thirty (laughs) percent. No way, man. I'm telling you. Imagine swinging a swinging a pass cross court, and the person who catches it is not Austin Rivers. It is Jamal Murray. I'm telling you, my take is that next year Yoke averages more points. I think I'm more likely that he averages more points than a triple double. I just, I don't know. I just think it might be, we might be there now. I think I could see the eight, I could see as high as nine assists, but 10 assists was an average. I just, I'll I'll say this. I think it's going to oscillate. I think you're going to have like two month stretch where he averages a triple double and a two month stretch where he averages 34 points a game. And, it just seems like just every month they're like, okay, we got to do this to him. He's on fire. The the problem is he's never averaged 10 assists in a month ever. Yeah. And, he, I, and 75% chance he'll do it for a year now. Yeah. Like that, that's tough. If he had like a couple months a year where he was putting up 10 plus assists, I could see it, but he's just, he's never held that for a full month. Listen, I, he, how many points did he jump this season? Something like six points a game or something, like an unheard of amount. Two seasons ago, yeah. Whatever. How can you, how can you confidently say that there's something that Nikola Jokic will not be able to accomplish? 
whatever it is. I love this one. I'm actually going to ask it a different way, though. Like, what are the odds that Embiid is just the like front runner all season for? You talked oh about God. the pity MVP, Harrison. Yeah. Next year, here's what I hope happens. They're still trying to give him the pity MVP. They still are. Next year, I hope that Yoke averages like three more points, one more assist, somehow shoots a better percentage. Nuggets are a one seed. Embiid has a significantly worse year, misses 20 games, and they just give it to him. They're just like, I don't know. We just can't do this anymore. We have to I, Embiid. I don't know why. There's no reason. I, here, here's my hope, actually. Um, Jokic just won back-to-back MVPs. A third straight would, would be cool. Third straight would be yeah. cool. It'd, it'd be all right. But we're, we're kind of past that. I actually want Joel Embiid to win the MVP next season, and I want him to lead the league in VORP. That's what I want. Uh, <laughs> if it's literally the only marker, uh, advanced yes. stat, regular stat, yes. wins, I test anything. The only marker is somehow his VORP is really good. I want his counting stats to go down, his advanced stats to go up, and I want Joel Embiid to win the MVP next next year because of it. Oh, the pity MVP. We thought we were going to get it in 2022, but we might get it in 2023. The analytical MVP. Joel there's MVP. no first off. There's no place that there's no way he he's not winning the MVP next year. Joel Embiid. <laughs> he will not play a full season. I, there's no chance. This was like his one chance at it. Yes. Yeah. I could it. see him. You know what though? To your point, Harrison, I could see him like getting Daryl Morey to deconstruct Vorp for him, and it's like here's how you increase your Vorp. You just got to do. He's just, he's just like somehow doing like this weird random thing that we didn't realize bumps your board up. Well, or Daryl Morey creates a new advanced statistic <laughs> under a pen name, sells it to ESPN or 538, and all of a sudden Joel Embiid is number one in that <laughs> he's category. Like, he's like, he's leading the league in Elon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. like just free throws are worth like right, yeah. Eighty percent of those are weighted throws. like three times. The, the, yeah, that they're like field goal is or something. Yeah, the, the thing it, this mat this uh, measures Miss games the doesn't of, count. Yeah. yeah, this measures the amount of force used to slam the basketball as sort of the, the amount of times you fall down is actually oh like God. weighted into the floor His florp. Yeah. So funny, man. All right, that does it for another great edition of the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I thought it was great. It was fun. I, of, I hated this guy. episode. You did hate this one. Uh, <laughs> we will be back, though, again tomorrow with a brand new episode. I uh, can't wait for that one. Everybody hit that like button on the way out. Don't forget, this is a podcast as well. So if you ever miss it live, you can always listen to it in your car, on your ride, maybe on your scooter as you go birding. You can throw the old earbuds in, listen to us as you go. See you guys then. Let's go.